Welcome to another episode of Sicker Than Most. I'm your host, Steve, and today's guest is a dear friend of mine. You know, we go way back. This is the first time ever you're going to meet someone else who I used with um, and who I've been sober with, too. Um, you know, my good friend, Eric, he's out here in San Jose. We're out here in a, in a extended stay. Southside. In Southside, San Jose. It's a trip because this is a spot where me and him used to pick up from, and now we're sitting in the, the hotel room recording a recovery podcast. Sober. Sober. Yeah. And clean. And clean, that's right. Um, and this dude has, I think, uh, what is it, 18 days more than me? Is your, your sobriety date? What's your sobriety date? May 5th. May 5th. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. De Mayo. On yeah, some bread. That's right. Um, so, so yeah, so we actually, he got sober, he got sober like a month before I did, and I didn't even know, you know, and then I, I think I got a text from you like right before I got 5150 before my first day of sobriety and you're like yeah. yo fool i'm out of jail what's up and i'm like oh sick um <coughs> I'm, about yep. to, I'm about to kill myself you know yeah <laughs> yeah and then uh you know thank god that didn't happen and now we're sitting here 18 months later no bullshit. you know that's right recording the podcast reporting the fucking podcast yeah as we say uh the promises it does happen yeah so okay dude so you know, we can, we're going to get into like our using together and everything like that, but let's start from the beginning. Like, All right. how did it, how did it start for you? It started, I, I guess like I was born a dope fiend, like, uh, my mom, a dope fiend, uh, my dad kind of, you know what I mean? And, uh, but my mom had me when I was, she was 14, gave me to my grandma. So right there, start abandonment issues. And, uh, she, my, I was born in Washington, moved to my, she moved me to California, left me with my grandma. And then, uh, you know, I started stealing, doing this, doing that. Just cause, just cause, I guess I was a bad, bad kid. Like I, I was probably the kid in the neighborhood that got their ass whooped so much, not by my grandma, but by the neighbors. Cause I was a bad fucking kid. And, uh, yeah, that, that I just been a bad kid my whole life. And, uh, you know, like stealing food stamps bringing them to the store, buying some, getting the change just to play video games, not going to school. You know, uh, I never sat down in class. I'd always run to the recess, play on the swings, do whatever I could. Like, I think I was like just wanting attention or something. You know what I mean? Like love that I wanted that my mom wasn't able to give me. Cause what my grandma was giving me was love, but it wasn't what I needed. And, uh, so, yeah, so Dolphine, hella early, period. And uh, fast forward a little bit, you know, like always getting in trouble, blaming it on my brothers, blaming it on my sisters, like always projecting. I did that my whole life, project, project, project. And uh, when I was 10 years old, I got molested. You know, that kind of fucked me up for, like, my future. And... uh when I told my grandma what was happening, because I really, after like two years, I kind of started figuring out like it's not fucking okay. And she moved us back to where I was born, Washington, Spokane, Washington, you know, whooping it on the reservation. And like, that's ghetto up there. And like, uh, I started hanging out with uh, misinfluenced people that were misinfluenced themselves that misinfluenced me to do all the wrong things like stealing, robbing. You know, just hanging out with gang members, you know, and uh, I got, I was, right before I turned 12, I, I used to steal my grandpa's gun, and we used to go shoot, and I would carry it around, thinking I'm all cool in front of the homeboys, and uh, one of the older homies took it from us, and then uh, ended up doing a homicide, and uh, me, a couple of my other friends, we all, we all got in trouble. So I got a, ex what was it, accessory, like after the fact, like I knew, didn't say, you know what I mean? So I got a juvenile life sentence from uh, 13 till I was 19, like right before I was 20, you know? But in there, like, that's when I started uh, just like drinking the Pruno and like when I drunk Pruno, like I 
like that was fucking amazing. Like I just sat in my cell and like I just looked up at the bunk and counted the bricks like a million fucking times, you know. And then uh, when I got out, like well, I was supposed to be released, and my mom's such a dirt bag, you know. But I love her. She was supposed to come pick me up. She never fucking picked me up. Like I was in there for like fuck like three extra weeks right and I guess like the judge and like my probation officer was trying to figure out like what's happening because I was going to get awarded to the state my dad came and got me and like I guess I met him through when I was a little kid but I don't remember and uh he picked me up you know and uh he took me to Oregon and uh yeah like he 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 was he would allow me to drink and smoke weed right and like that's i think him being like more of a friend kind of like fucked me a little bit cuz like i would drink my friends could come drink with us i smoke weed and then uh i hurt my back i i fell off a ladder and i got introduced to oxycontin yeah you know my favorite and uh for a while like that I was just using it as pain, I guess, but like it started like where my bottles went from 60 or 80 of them to 120, then to 160, and then the doctor's like, "Oh, we can't give you no more." I was like, "Why not? Like it's not working." And then uh finally one day I went to the doctors to get my refill, and they're like, "Oh, no. We cannot give you no more." I was like, "All right." So I looked up in the phone book and I was like, pain management. I know what they're for. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, like during that transaction of me finding a new pain doctor, because now I'm sick. Like, I'm like, I think I have the flu. I'm going to the emergency room. Like I'm hella sick. What's going on with me? And uh, I didn't know it was like dope sick. Right. And, uh, yeah, like I didn't know I was dope sick. So. I finally got a new doctor and they prescribed me these OPs and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Right. This before you were getting the OCs, right? No, this was after. No, I know. But before you were getting, the I was OCs, getting OCs, the Oxycontin. And now you're getting the little bullshit, the little OPs. And I'm like, how can I fucking snort these? Right. They wouldn't work. I tried like all them remedies on fucking the internet to bake them, add a little bit of water. That shit did not work. It was all fake. So, I went and said they weren't working, and then they, because I got Crohn's, so they d won't prescribe me anything with acetaminophen, or what is that, aspirin and Tylenol. Yeah, acetaminophen. Yeah, no buffers. So they gave me blues, what people call them in California, Roxy's, Oxycodone, and uh, I got those. Those worked for a little bit, then the doctor's like, no, and red flagged me, and I was sick, and my boy, Taco... Shout out Taco. Shout out to Taco. You know, my boy Michael Del Marco, he's here in San Jose too. And uh he's like, Hey, this works. I'm like, what is it? He's like, It's this black shit. I'm like, Oh yes. A little dog food. Yeah, a little dog food, you know what I mean? So and, uh, once that once that happened once you once you tried dope for the first time, was it like instantaneously like, Yes, this is amazing? Or were you like, Oh fuck, I'm on heroin now? I was like, Oh yes. My fucking back don't hurt. I don't even think my back hurt anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> and, uh, but that's what my mind was telling me. Like, oh, your back fucking hurts. Take these fucking pills. I don't know what led me to fucking snorting them, to shooting them in my arm, to my fucking neck, mixing them with Dilaudid's oxy, you know, just like crazy. And like, uh, just craziness, just mayhem. Right. And, uh, like, the little time I did use was fucking crazy. And, uh, I, yeah. Let me see. All right, I just got into that. Da, da. And then I tried heroin, and I'm like, fuck yes. This is the best. And I'm like, where can I get more of it? Right? And, uh, that was about around the time when, uh, my grandma passed away. Well, I had my daughter, you know, and, uh, I was doing like ecstasy with the neighbors and like leaving my baby mama to go do this and me to go be fucking who I thought I wanted to be, you know what I mean? Or who you wanted me to be. 
like I was never like my own man and uh like I really didn't have no true identity and uh for the longest time like I got away with it with her and then one day like I did something stupid and I got caught you know and uh yeah she we we ended up leaving each other she kept my daughter and like that was like the biggest fucking like loss I felt of my life like like another attachment like my mom like abandoned me again like it sucked so that's when I tried meth for my first time like fuck and I fucking I hate I hate fucking meth dude I fucking hate it because I get all quiet and weird <laughs> yeah you do straight weird like I'm the quiet like I'm so full of energy and like when I do that fucking crystal shit like I'm a weird ass dude stuck on my phone in your corner listening through the wall you know what I mean trying to figure out what the fuck is going on well I remember we were partying in this little hotel over by um the Almeda or whatever over there yeah. by downtown by the kind of by the shark tank and we were all we were all shooting black and like you were chill you were like Steve I walked in the room you're like Steve what's up dude what's up you know and I'm like what's up and you're all fucking lively and then one of our, our mutual friends, we start, brought out the, the bubble and we start, started twisting the bubble. And then the next thing you know, dude, he's like in the bathroom. It's just like and you, you just hear like the faucet running. And we're like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, leave me alone. He took the bubble, dude, and he wouldn't let it. We, we, we couldn't get it out in the door, dude. We were like, we're trying to smoke some more meth. And you're just like, no, leave me alone. This is mine, this is motherfuckers. Mine now. And we're like, fuck you, dude. Don't give it, you know, don't take all the meth. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, uh, yeah, like, when I, when I done meth, it was, like, a different thing, because, like, now, like, heroin, like, I don't give a fuck who knocks it, like, heroin is bad, but, like, meth will fuck your life up, you know what I mean? Well, heroin will fuck your life up, too, <laughs> mine, right? And, uh, I'm not coding it, but, like, like, when I was on heroin, I fucking hated tweakers, dude. I hated their fucking backpacks. <laughs> their backpacks and their little bicycles and their with their carts. big ass speakers right <laughs> and like dude like they would have so much shit in their fucking backpacks it would fucking dude dude oh my god i don't know how much shit you could fit in a backpack but if you need a pack for a trip you hire a fucking tweaker They'll get it straight done real up quick dude. get it done and they'll put more shit in there than you can in the suitcase and uh <laughs> you know when uh but yeah uh you know, started using meth, then I met my, uh, my wife, you know what I mean? I didn't even fucking love her. Wait, but, you, uh, met, you met your wife, like, was she using meth too? No, she was, she, not at the time. No. Until I told her to. Oh, shit, you, know? you turned and, her out? Uh, turned her out, and, uh, yeah, she was a fucking, like, she, she would always drive me around, when, when she's, she's a lot older than me, and, uh, like, uh, she was like a, she was really like my best friend, and uh, we got a place together. We started selling our, the oxycodones, you know, the Mellencroft brand in blocks. You know I mean, and uh, we did that for a long, a long time. Then all of a sudden, our house got raided, and uh, Jacob Coates told on us. He lives in Medford, Oregon. Yeah, she's a bitch. Coates. And uh, bro, I like how you're just using the podcast to just shout out a snitch right now. <laughs> You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, don't do nothing to him, but I wouldn't be sad if something happened. And, uh, you so know, he, he snitched on you and then your house got raided because of it. Was it a DA yeah, or was it a local I don't know how police? the fuck it happened. All I know is he was there fucking, he tried to tell, say the meth that was on him was ours, but mine was already in my ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> when the police coming in, that shit got to go somewhere and I ain't throwing it away. <laughs> <laughs> Straight the fuck up, you know what I mean? Uh, sicker the most. Sicker the most, you know. And I learned that. I learned that trick from prison. That's you right. Know what I mean, and uh, you know, when uh, life was, you know, I I kind of maintained. I, I had a job. Like I've always had a little job. You know what I mean? And uh, <clears throat> but uh, we got raided. I had to marry this girl, so she wouldn't testify against me. But I still pled to manufacturing the delivery of meth, oxycodone, and heroin. And uh, I got sentenced for another little bit, a little adventure, you know, a vacation. And, uh, 
you know, right there, I'd pray for it to God, like, hey, just give me this little time, you know, this, blah, 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 blah. You know, but <clears throat> they already knew, like, my back, my back history is, like, I'm a bad kid. I'm fucking, I'm, like, the worst of the worst or whatever, you know what I mean? And uh, really, like, I'm just, I just wanted some love from somebody, you know? Like, the drugs gave it to me, like. But, uh, yeah, my, my grandma passed away. Me and my other siblings, we each got $1.5 million. And uh, I fucked mine off quicker than shit. You know what I mean? You fucked off uh, all the money. A million, a million five. A million five. It, how how long was that? Like a year and a half. How, no. I swear to God. Were you buying like boats and houses and shit, or were you uh, just? Well, everything I bought, I bought for my best friend up in Washington. So like, if when I bought me a power wagon, I bought him a Toyota lifted. You know what I mean? I bought a Wave Runner. He got a Wave Runner. I bought a dirt bike. Blah blah blah. And uh. I, that's when I like ecstasy was cool, you know. What I mean, all the kids loved it on the res, so I'd buy boats at a time, not water boats. That's right. you know, but boats and uh, you know that the, that was for just for the listeners who don't list, know. Yeah, boat. What is it? A thousand? A thousand. A thousand. Like a lot of them at a time, and then uh, yeah, but I got in trouble, right? Blew my money, like blew it quicker than fuck, and uh, you know, I I did do some good with it, but like rest of it was just like gone from partying you know and it's like yeah it's kind of like you know it's shitty to to say you know you, you blew through a million five but like it was my dead grandma's fucking money yeah you know? but it's it's impressive like you know sicker than most like it really is you know what i mean like normal normal people like you know, wouldn't wouldn't blow it that quick dude right? quick it was like i swear it didn't even make it two years full i swear wow i swear it was but we do live by casinos you know what i mean uh, that probably did a on lot the, of on it. the reservation on the res, you know what yeah. I mean? That did a lot of it. Okay, so then what what did it what did life look like after the money's gone, you get raided and you know your grandma passed away. Rest in peace by the way. Yeah. And, uh, um, it looked not promising because like like they weren't shooting programs, so what I knew how to do to make money is I found a good connect in in jail. When I did my little time, and he lived somewhere in Santa Cruz area, like Watson, Salinas, right? And uh, I got out. I moved my ass back to Washington, out of Oregon. And uh, I started picking up hella shit for hella cheap. A key for 3200 out of Salinas. And going back to where I'm from and key, selling it. Key of black? No. Nah. Crystal, because mm. black, they don't, they like it up there, but it wasn't real big at the time, you know, it was crystal, mm. crystal, and I was selling <clears throat> a pound for 75, so I was making a lot of money, and uh, I did that for a good little bit, and then uh, finally I just, I, I relocated myself halfway here in San Jose for a little bit, a couple days out of the week, and I'd be back up there, a couple days, be back there, up there, and I was just doing a big old trip, and uh I did that from 2011, no, 2012 to 2014, the end of 13, and I got busted again, you know, that's how it all happens, I get busted again, and uh, I ended up going to jail. I escaped from Santa Clara County, oh, Maine. Yeah, jail. yes, I knew we needed to talk about this, bro. So, okay, the first time, the first time I meet Eric, right at this SLE in San Jose, um, he's like, uh, I walk in with all my shit, and he answers the door. He's like, "What's up? What's up, dude?" He's like, "What you here for? Why are you here?" I'm like, "I'm here to move. I'm here to move in." And he's like, looks me up and down. He's like, "All right, come in." Are you wood? <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you a wood? Are you a wood? I'm like, sure, dude. <laughs> you don't even know what that is yet. <laughs> no. And then and then I uh, 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 we get in. We talk in for like 10 minutes. He's like, hey, check this out. And he pulls up YouTube and he shows this clip. It's a news clip. It's the fucking, it's the, what is it? Santa Clara County inmate escapes from, from uh, were you at the courthouse? The courthouse. Before courthouse. You're, you're I at, was in transport. Yeah, transport. Like right by main jail in downtown. So yeah. tell us what happened. What happened after you escaped? They chased my ass, <laughs> <laughs> hella fast. How'd you? So the the video says you escaped from handcuffs. Yeah, I uh, I bought a handcuff key. Thanks for the handcuff key. If you're listening, 
And uh, not gonna say who it was. Not gonna say who it was, but um, <laughs> I slid my cuffs like because I didn't want to be in jail. You know, like who the fuck wants to be in jail? Even though I know I deserve to be in jail. You know what I mean? Oh wait, let me backtrack a little bit. All right, a day before I fucking the Friday before I got arrested on a Sunday, I got I like I was done with life. Like I couldn't get it right. Like I could keep a job, but I couldn't stay fucking. I didn't even know it was called sober or clean. I just knew I could not stop using and I was just done with it. So I knew this dope that I got that one time I tried to hook Steve up with one time and he fucking got it, took him by the police. (laughs) And, uh, we'll talk about that story in a second. uh, You know, like I always get the good stuff. Right. And, uh, like I, I took a hit of it. It was the best. It was that fentanyl based shit. So I put it in my spoon. I cooked it up and I was like, fuck this dude. I'm done. So I just put a fat chunk in there. And I cooked it up and I did my issue, right? And I knew, I knew this was going to be the last issue I would ever do. Cause like before I pushed, plunged it all the way in, like I already felt me hit the ground and, uh, but then like fucking, I don't know how much longer it was, but, uh, I got woken up by these fucking fire department and ambulance and police. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys even doing here? Right. And they're like, Oh, this girl fucking. And then I went back out and I went to when I was at O'Connor Hospital. She's like, hey, this girl called and said that uh, you overdosed. And I was like, that wasn't an overdose, right? (laughs) I didn't tell him I was trying to off myself, but like I tried and uh, still like they just let my ass go. They didn't say, oh, you need some help. You want some some boxing or you want this or you want that. They said, there you go. So I went back to where I was and tried to do another issue and I the fucking Narcan just made me fucking sick. You know what I mean? It didn't, it, I didn't get loaded again. I was pissed. So, uh, I went around, did a little fucking couple little missions. And then, uh, Saturday night I got a fucking arrested and me getting arrested that time literally saved my fucking life. Right. And, uh, yeah, I, I ended up like, I would only got some short ass time, like, like four years, something like that. And, uh, but I, I didn't want to be in jail no more. Cause now I wanted to get loaded and, uh, I been, was asking around, asking around and I'm trying to figure out a way how I can get the fuck out of jail the best way I could in the fastest way. Cause they weren't giving me a bell because I was on a violation. So I don't get no bail and my probation was getting revoked. So I knew I was going to prison and, uh, but, uh, I asked around and I got this handcuff key. I didn't know it was going to work, dude. I really didn't. I thought, oh, yeah, I'm just going to try it. Not going to work. But as I'm fucking on the bus coming from Elmwood, going to Levi Court for a drug case and a sales case, they fucking opened. The motherfuckers opened up, right? And I'm like, oh, my God. like, And I've been planning this for fucking like eight, like eight months going back and forth to court. How am I going to get the fuck out of jail? And, uh. If it if the handcuff handcuff key would have worked and it did so, as soon as my handcuffs open, I open both of them and I wiggled out my like waist chains they call it because they daisy chain where you're hooked to another inmate and I told the I told the dude with me like are you coming like I'll get you a ticket the fuck out of here and he's like no no, no I'm short timing it I was like all right you just don't say fucking nothing and you follow me and if they ask you just say you felt tension and then. There was none. And uh, so there was in Santa Clara County to get off the bus to go to court. They let you off in three. So that's six people. I made it. So I was the sixth one. And uh, as they let one off, I kicked the other off. And I told them I was sorry before I did it. And uh, they fell down. The COs, you know, the sheriffs helped them up. And uh I kicked off my chanclas at the police and I said, see ya. And I fucking grabbed the gate and I swung it open and I fucking ran up the 87, the freeway with traffic coming towards me. And, uh, the police really didn't want to follow. They told me like freeze or they're going to shoot. So I went towards cars. Like I know they ain't going to try to shoot me at with cars coming at them. Right. And, uh, I jumped the fence, went through little Italy, downtown San Jose, went through the back, went through, where Guadalupe Creek was. And I was like, dude, the only way, and this water is fucking nasty. Like I didn't want to be in jail. 
And I didn't want to get caught by the police. So I jumped in this fucking nasty ass creek. I'm surprised I don't got a fucking third arm growing out of my shoulder. <laughs> That's how grimy this fucking water is. It's disgusting, dude. I swim across it. Now I'm fucking freezing. And I get up and I'm like, what can I do? And I seen a homeless encampment. And I went and I was like, hey, dude, I'm in Elmwood green clothes right now, right? Pink ass underwear. I'm like, hey, do you guys got any clothes? They're like, no, no, no I can't help you. I'm like, fuck. Can I use your phone? They can give me a cell phone, but they can't give me some fucking clothes. What a bitch, right? <laughs> Shout out, you're a bitch for not helping me. The homeless by the creek. The homeless by the creek. And uh, I made a phone call to my mom, and uh, she asked me how court went. I said, I got an early release. And, uh, you know, my mom has there been in go. the penal system. Like, she knows there's no such thing as an early release. And she's like, what did you do? I said, I need a train ticket back home. And uh, she's like, all right, I'll get you one. And she's like, the bad thing is, it's not going to leave for another three hours. I'm like, fuck. Right? Like, what do I do? And before uh, I could think of, like, what to do, like, the police was already on me. Like, there were so many. And uh, I heard them coming. They told everybody to fucking leave. And I'm the only one there. And I fucking, I lay down and I cover myself up with this crusty-ass fucking blanket. Right? And, uh. From the homeless encampment? From the homeless encampment. I lay on there fucking probably fucking oh. bed bugs, bed full. Like, dude, I didn't want to go back to jail. And I really didn't want them to find me because I knew I was going to get my ass beat, right? And uh, so I I fucking did what I had to do. I covered myself up. The police comes. He's like, I'm like, hey, I pretend I'm sleeping. He's like, hey, you, let me see your hands. I show him my hands. And he's like, oh, this ain't him. And then... uh. He leaves. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, dude. I just caught a fucking way, right? And they're like, I hear over their speaker, they're like, they, he don't have handcuffs. He don't have his handcuffs. He got out of them. And uh, he's like, but he's still wearing the green. And the fucking police came back. He's like, let me see your legs. Let me see your legs. I was like, fuck, dude. And I show him. And, of course, Elma Green, right? And uh, he draws on me. I put my hands up. And as soon as he knew I didn't have a weapon or I wasn't trying to run because I had nowhere, I was cornered. Like, I couldn't climb up a fucking big-ass wall. Um, I was, I was, you know, I was... I probably could have got away from him because he was a little chunky, but I, I think I was more like... I was just fed up, you know, tired. Hella tired because that was a lot of fucking running I had to do. And uh, so they put a whoop into me. They broke my collarbone. They broke my hand. And the worst part about it, it was the CO's... The sheriffs that I fucking ran off the bus from are the ones that caught me. So, like, I made them look stupid in front of Santa Clara County. And uh, they know they can't run faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, made them look really bad. So, like, they gave it to me. And, like, they wanted me to go with them all the way. And I was like, nah, fuck that. Like, this this guy was broke my hand, broke my collarbone. Like, my face was already feeling hella swollen. And, uh... Like, I couldn't see out of my eye, and then I saw a, a city cop. I'm like, hey, city cop, city cop. I'm like, hey, police. Like, these guys are fucking me up, dude. Like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm asking for an ambulance. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. He's like, hey, he needs an ambulance. Sit him down. And they're like, no, we're taking him. He's like, no, you're going to sit him down. And I, was, and I took a look at the cop. I was like, thank you. You just saved my life. <laughs> right? Because I'm hella fucked up. I'm hurting. And uh, I ride in the ambulance, and they're like, they they take me in the ambulance. The ambulance looks at me and is like, "Oh, you're you're fine. You just got a broken hand and all this." I'm like, "Nah, I'm not getting back in that fucking cop car with them motherfuckers." Like, I'm gonna sit at the hospital until shift change. Straight the fuck up. And uh, I sit there. They put this little fake little cast on me, and uh, they put this fucking like splint for my collarbone. And uh, like I thought I was gonna be able to have court the next day, you know, and uh. They wouldn't let me go to court because I was too fucked up and swollen. So they didn't let me go to court for like two months. And uh, like it was worth it. It really was like I only got 16 months more. You know, what I mean, and uh, but within that time of me going upstate to prison, like I caught other cases inside of jail, like. Uh, like the like a soul with a deadly weapon and a couple gang enhancements and uh. I sat in the county jail for four years fighting my case. It went from fucking up easy 36 months to a deal I took of uh, 11 years, two strikes. And uh, I 
I got out because of Prop 57. You know, Californians know what Prop 57 is. That is where the gang enhancements are no longer. They can give you a gang enhancement, but they can't do you no time on it when you get good time while you're in prison. So one day I got a letter. Like, I still don't know. No recovery. No God. No nothing like this. Just like, like I said, like the oh shit God. And uh, I thought for sure, like I was going to do good. Like my mindset was to do good when I got out. Uh, well, I got a letter from Sacramento. That's the capital, right? Sacramento here? Yeah. Yeah, I got a letter from Sacramento saying that my case is getting turned over to them to see if I qualify for Prop 57. And uh, that the, I'd get a letter back within uh, 100 and some days, right? And, uh, but let me tell you, like, California prison is a rough, are rough fucking prisons. Like, the ones in Washington, eh, ain't shit. You know what I mean? But, like, when I hit San Quentin, and I was like, fuck, that is a lot of fucking barbed wire, right? Like, there's no way I'm getting out of here. And, cause I was, I would try to escape again, but there was no fucking way. And, uh, the loudest prison I've ever been to was San Quentin. But, yeah, uh, I ended up from San Quentin Badger section. I got after I was there for hella long. Uh, I got a I got transferred to Vacaville, got a one fourteen lockup order, and I went to the hole. And the hole was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because, like I said before, I'm a yes man. I I do what our cause asks. You know what I mean? It don't it don't matter what. And uh. And that's like that fucked me my whole life. Basically, is doing what other people wanted me to do, to get, like, cause oh yeah, they'll think I'm cool or they love me if I do this or if I do that, and uh, yeah, but uh, ended up going. My case got revealed. They said I'm eligible. They'll let me know within 160 days. And then uh, like two weeks later, I had a knock on my door. And I'm not knowing. I'm getting released. I did five years, five years and some change. Uh, I did not know I was getting released. Two weeks later, I get a knock on my door saying that I'm getting released due to my credits have been, ex I exceeded my base term of five years. And uh, like, I, I didn't have nothing ready. Well, I, I had hella money on my books, but uh, that was from me bringing stuff in my ass from San Quentin to sell when I got to Vacaville Hole. And I made a shit ton of money. Let me tell you what. Like, I've had a better cell phone when I was in prison than I have <laughs> outside of prison. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, and I was always on my Instagram and always on my Facebook when I was in. Like, prison is fucking the easiest thing you can fucking do. Like, you don't got responsibilities. You don't got no fucking... You don't have to worry about the outside world. Like, you don't have to pay bills. You don't have to do this. They got four meals cooked for you or three meals cooked for you. You don't have to worry about shit. So once I got released, I was like, fuck, like, what am I going to do? And uh, I was like, I'm going to hang out with my friend that smokes meth, right? After I swore to myself and everybody, like, God, I promise you, like, this time is going to be fucking different. Wait, did you have that mentality when you were like, I'm going to go hang out with my, my meth-smoking homie? But that's the only people I knew down here. That's true. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, but, but you you went into that situation, like, thinking that, you know, you weren't going to use... No, I went into the situation thinking I wasn't going to use, but when they fucking... Passed you the bubble. Pa no, it wasn't him. It was the fucking girl. And, but, uh, yeah, I, he, I got out. Uh, I made my way on a fucking train to San Jose and I'm supposed to go see fucking parole that day and my ass planned on it, but did not go. And, uh, you know, you, and I'm on quiet. Were you quiet hiding in the, in the no, it was kind of different, dude. It was kind of like, I am way too fucking high, way too fucking high. Like it's cold out. It was in October time, October 17, 2000. 17 is when I got released. And, uh, no, October 10th, 2017, I got released. And, uh, I ended up going to my boy Pete's, hanging out, 
not getting loaded. I did not get loaded with him. He wouldn't get loaded with me. And uh, fucking, I saw this girl and like, you know, I got to eat when I got out what I wanted, you know, and I've been in five years, so I'm going to get what I need to get, right? And so I hung out with this girl and uh, of course she was using, I said no a couple times and I was like, fuck it. You know what I mean? I'm going to hit this one time. And one it, time. One time. One time. So uh, I hit both of them one time, and uh, <laughs> she I there she took is. me she took me to parole, and it's like five o'clock. I'm fucking greasy, sweating, and a fucking wife beater. And uh, parole, I'm sitting there. I'm like, fuck, I need to go right. And uh, but parole was supposed to pick me up from prison to take me to a program because I asked for a program before I left, right? But I got early. Di- I got I got released before I was supposed to basically. And uh, nothing was lined up how it was. So I had to figure it out, everything. So I get to pro. I'm like, hey, I need a program. He's like, why? I'm like, you can't tell? Because I'm high on Because I'm fucking loaded, dude. And he's like, what are you loading on? I said, meth. He's like, can you bottle for us? I said, no, but I'll sign that paper right there. I'm it. I signed that paper. He's like, well, you're going to jail. I said, no, I'm fucking not. <laughs> right? So I tried to boogie for the door. And uh, that didn't work out very good. You know, I got tossed around beat up a little bit more and i'm but this time i'm healthy and i'm bigger right but i'm spun out and uh i get released or he takes me to jail i'm in booking and it's the same fucking seals from fucking five years ago all uh, the ones that you you did different ones just ones that like me like big dog kelly and uh shout out kelly shout out kelly biggest fucking white boy i've ever fucking seen in my life and uh I see him, he's like, hey, you look good. I was like, yeah, I just got out of prison. He's like, when did you get out of prison? And, like, the hardest thing for me to say is, like, I got out yesterday. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So then um, you went to jail right after that and then then to program? Because now this is, like, this is right before I met you. This is 2017. So this is right before I met you at at program, yeah. Yeah. So you did, you did a um, shout-out support systems, right? Or Benny McEwen's. Benny McEwen's. I'm getting to it. All right, all right. And uh, I go to jail, but I get booked. They send me up to the same floor that I got released from. But the like the worst part is like I went back to the same fucking cell. I got my golden ticket to prison, like the same cell I spent four and a half years in, or off and on four years, and back to the same cell. It smelled the same. The food was the same. It smelled like shit, and all the faces were the same. And uh gloomy the worst fucking feeling ever because now i'm like loaded i know what not to do and i fucking did it you know i had five years thinking of i'm gonna fucking be clean but i didn't know how to stay or be clean and uh i was there for a week my parole officer came visit me he's like hey i'm looking at all your paperwork i know you offered like we He's like, I kind of take response, not him, but saying it's kind of fucked up how you were supposed to get picked up and you never did. He's like, we let you dry out a little bit. You want to go do this program or you want to be released? I said, take me to the program. So I went to Benny McEwen's, you know, off of Fleming Street, support systems, shout out Jeff, you know, everybody like that. And uh, I made, I met a strong group of fucking men. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of us that are clean. And, but there is like, uh, Jesse is like my brother. You know, we have our differences right now, but I I always love that dude. And, uh, but yeah, they, I get sent to Benny McEwen's and, uh, I think I was there like 78 days, but like, this is like my first chance of like what alcoholics, alcoholic anonymous AA and NA and CMA and CA is all about. Like I never before. Right. And, uh, I stay there 78 days. I go to, I graduate, you know what I mean? And uh, I go to, what, hey, what house were we at? The Thornton house. The Thornton house. That's right. You know, and uh, I'm there for a little bit and I see my boy, Matt. I know from the streets, right? Termite. Yeah, well, shout out, shout out Termite. The guy we were talking termite, about earlier, you know what right? I mean? With the RV. Get your fucking head out of the creek. I know you're better than this. Yeah, you are. And, uh. Yeah, like, I see him again, and, we're, and we, like, click up, because, like, I met him on a weird fucking occasion, like, I'm mobbing hella late, right? And, uh, 
I see his fucking, I'm listening to steal his fucking street bike. I know it wasn't his because I already know it was fucking probably stolen. <laughs> and uh, steal a stolen street bike. Yeah, so I park mine down the road and I walk up and he pops up out of nowhere. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, hey, you fuck around? He's like, what do you got? I said, I got some black. You know what I mean? And that was like way back in the day, you know? But uh, that was my first time ever shooting up fucking black with fucking Hennessy. You know, and I was, I don't have, even know. You didn't have no water? I didn't want to go look for it. You got the Henny right there? I, the Henny was right there, boy. Fuck it. So I fucking banged it up. I don't know if I was loaded or if I was fucking drunk. All I know is when I was at fucking Burger King, I couldn't stay in my seat and I kept falling over. And people kept saying, hey, Eric, you should go home. And I'm like, nah. You know? Nah. I try to eat my fucking food and I just fall over off the chair on my face, right? Like, and I go mad. I'm like, dude. He's like, where you been? I was like, dude, I've been falling out at fucking Burger King, right? And uh, he's like, for real? I'm just like, look at my fucking head, dude. I look like a fucking unicorn. Big old knots. <laughs> Big old knots, <laughs> bro. I look like a fucking unicorn right now. Of course, everything wasn't good. And But uh, I, Benny McEwen's was fucking amazing, you know. I, I got a good taste of what recovery should be. And uh, I go to Thornton House. I'm there for a little bit, doing good. But not really working the fucking program. Like, I'm being total, what I found out to be now in recovery, white knuckling or abstinent what, from my addiction. Now, so, like, quick question. So, I, I remember you, um, like, having a sponsor and, like, quote, unquote, working the steps, right? Yeah. But, like, were you doing, I don't think we've ever actually talked about this, but, Probably like, were you doing what I was doing where, like, I was just lying about working the steps so I could get my overnight passes to go see my ex in, in Sacramento? Like, I was working the steps, but I wasn't being fucking honest. Okay. So, you actually, know? you were working, but it, that, that honesty wasn't there. Or the willingness. Like, I wanted to be sober, but I was scared. You weren't putting in the work. I wasn't. That needed to be put I in. was fucking... Like, I was... One foot was on recovery, one foot was on homeboys, and I was fucking pissing in the middle. Right. right? Just right. pissing life away. And, uh, like, I stayed white-knuckling it for... A little long time, like I got reconnected with my second baby mama. She wasn't my baby mama at the time. And like, uh, I stayed clean, you know, and I was doing good. Like Steve has already, he fell off. My baby mama fell off and I'm staying solid, right? Yeah, For, dude, how the fuck did you pull that one off? Because you would literally hang out like with me in the minivan while I'm shooting dope yeah. in the driver's seat and you're in the back. Like Cause just, I had willpower, just like I didn't hitting, hitting your little vape. And I remember, I you know, fucking, I didn't think about it at the time. It was just selfish. I was like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, fuck. Hey, this the crazy so part is, like, I was like, dude, I don't want to get high. Let me just, let me just shoot you up. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't let, let you. I was he like, wouldn't no. let me. I'm like, dude, let me just get some fun out of this, dude. Like, I'm bored. I'm fucking smoking my vape, you know, vape juice, <laughs> you know, smoking my vape, and like they're banging out and getting loaded. And I'm like, fuck, this guy won't even let me poke him, right? But he did one time. One time. Quickest he, shot ever, too. It was like like that. Boom. And I was already falling out. Because, no, he had cotton fever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I had to shoot him up dude, with water. Dude, this fool. I'm a, We're over here in the RV, right? And I just grabbed a spoon out of the sink, like a dirty-ass spoon. Because <laughs> I had to – We had, me and him – Oh, it's crazy. So me and Eric had to go to outpatient together, right? So – And I was already getting loaded in outpatient. Um, and – I needed to get I needed to get well real quick before outpatient. So I grabbed a dirty ass spoon. Dirty. Di like straight out the sink. Like probably sitting there for like not even a heroin dirty spoon, like, no, like, like <laughs> dirty yeah. spoon. Someone someone ate like ramen with it like, yeah. last week. You know what I mean? And you know, I fucking cooked my shit, shot my shit, and then immediately I started feeling sick. And I'm like, bro, this is some punk ass dope. Like I'm getting more dope sick. And he's like, No, you got cotton fever. This fool's clowning me the entire way as I'm walking to outpatient. I'm like throwing up, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, Eric, I think I'm dying. Like, this is no good. And, and he's I'm just laughing. laughing. And we go to outpatient and then, you know, and then it turns out outpatient got canceled. And then we go back and I'm like, fuck, dude, like, what am I going to do? He's like, just, just trust me. Trust and believe. And then there you were. You just fucking flushed my system out. Flushed his system out. Just shot up a bunch of water. <coughs> Cleaned, Cleaned it, it out. out. Yeah. And, yeah. uh. How how long ago or how long after that before you, you relapsed or was did, had you already relapsed at the I time? I relapsed, yeah, dude. I, what I, what happened with your relapse? Because I remember it was like one minute you're sober and we're hanging out, and then I go off on a little mini extra run and dip out on all the homies, and then the next thing I know, 
we meet up at like a hotel somewhere and yeah, everyone and, I, sh- and we're all like I'm like Eric you're getting fucked up now and you're like hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> yeah like I stayed I stayed white knuckling it like being around everything for like six months because I had like eleven months of abstinence of just hitting meetings you know not doing none of the recipe and uh finally my boy's like I smelt it on him full he came over and he had some fire ass heroin like I smelt he didn't I was like let me see it and he gave me three grams and uh I fucking was like worse foil you know and I was like fuck and he showed me a way where you don't have to smoke it on foil you know you just take a little pin you know oh is this RJ RJ dude my boy RJ loves me because like I'm a badass and I'm known in the county jail and prison system and uh he just always shoots me hella shit and uh fucking he it's like doing a dab right but like fucking with so heroin. he was weird with it he had like a little it, it was like pliers that he would heat up and then he would like clamp the dope with the little pliers dude he'd sit there and it'd be like he'd be having this thing like like little knife hits yeah it, dude it's weird I've never seen anyone smoke dope like that before and uh doing that and then all of a sudden fucking yeah I just I ended up not going to parole, seeing my parole officer, you know, and one day uh, I went and saw him and I was like, dude, I'm loaded again. And he's like, I know he's, I'm not calling him back or going to see him. And uh, he's like, what do you want to do? I said, uh, I, I want to stay high. And he's like, that's not what's going to happen. And he's like, do I have to take you out back, beat your ass or take you to another program? And uh, he's like, just know I can't beat your ass, so you're going to another program. And I ended up going to Oakland, you know, 14th and Miller in the hood, you know. I had more prostitutes in my front yard than I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. And uh, I was there for like four months, got into a couple of fights there while getting loaded. And then uh, I ended up getting busted with a Visine bottle full of heroin at the parole office when I'm in the STAR program. I don't know how somebody told on me, and uh, they called me back, and I, well, they were packing up, they were rolling my shit up over at the program, and I got a call, they're like, hey, you you're, you got kicked out, I'm like, nah, I'm at Star Program, they're like, oh, dude, you're about to get arrested, fool, and by the time I could fucking leave the doors, they called me in, there was hella police, I couldn't run, so I ended up going to Santa Rita for fuck, until May 4th? No, I got arrested May 3rd or May 4th. And I didn't get out until the 21st or 22nd. But your sobriety date is May 5th. May 5th. Yeah. Because I was loaded full. I had heroin. But, a, like, a smart dope fiend would have, like, fucking saved it throughout throughout his little stay there. Me, I was like, nah, I'm going to do it all in one night. It's going to be cool. I'm going to get released in three days. Fuck no, my parole my parole officer made me fucking dry the fuck out, and uh, I was hella like I think I was more sick ever in my entire life than I have been that like that time was the worst time ever, ever like I was sick for a long ass time, like I yeah I got arrested May third or May fourth, <coughs> and I didn't get out until June twenty first. That's right, because I was already out of my out of out of the program in Fresno. Um, when you got out, because I remember you you're like, dude, where the fuck are you? Yeah, I got out June twenty first, and my parole officer's like, hey, we got this program. We got, <coughs> and this whole time, uh, my baby mama, she's in jail, pregnant, right? And uh, I get out, and he's like, we. Or I'm not out yet. I'm in my fucking jail cell and he's talking to me. He's like, we got two programs, Fairfield or San Jose. I said, I ain't going to fucking Fairfield. There's nothing the fuck out there. So I went to, I said, San Jose. I was like, what program is it? He's like, it's not Benny McEwen's again. I was like, fuck. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I wanted to stay clean because of my daughter, you know, who I didn't know was a girl at the time, but because of a child and, uh, I didn't know, I knew a little bit about Salvation Army, that there's hella people, you have to work for free, get up early, and 
go to hella services like church. And I was not about that. But I did, was not going to Fairfield. So I was, I was going to do whatever I had to do. Right. So I ended up going to Salvation Army. Thank God for them. Because that program makes you do your fucking steps. Right. And uh, they make you do hella shit. Like, uh, like for your first, for your first three months, you have to do your one, two, and three with the sponsor, get it signed off. And then before you graduate, you have to do four and five. So that's, that's like awesome because like, I wish more programs did that, dude, to drop the fucking rock, dude. Like yeah. the fourth and fifth step to me was the biggest, biggest thing ever. Like it took me longer to put the pin to the paper than it did for me to do the fourth. Right. And then like I did the fourth and I hand my sponsor the fucking the paper and was like, oh, yeah, now that's the fifth. Right. He's like, no, you're done. Tell me everything that's on that fucking paper. I'm like, fuck you. Really? He's like, yeah. And I was like, and I let him have it. Right. And he's like, oh, that's not that bad. Right. I'm like, oh, cool. You know what I mean, and uh, were there was there things in your fourth step and your fifth step that you didn't realize was like, um. Uh, basically like ruling your actions, like your day-to-day actions that you don't even know. Yeah. I like me doing the fourth was like, Oh my God, that's why I'm a dirtbag. That's why I don't, that's why I do this and that and this and that is because it all revolves around like the, my pandemic is useful. Like that was like my major thing. Like why I treated like girls the way I did and, why I did this and why I did that. Why it's just all like it pointed out everything. All my character defects got brought to my attention. Like, yeah, I knew I'm an asshole. Like, like that I probably won't change with me. Cause like, I like it. You know, I like being a fucking asshole and, uh, but I'm a, I'm a sweet asshole, you know? And, uh, but like the fourth and fifth were like amazing. Like after I told him, like, that was the best night's sleep. Like, that's what I tell my sponsees. Like, I'm like, dude, if you're done, if you want me to sponsor you, like, we're dropping that rock as soon as, like, we're going to get that the fuck out of the way. And then you can lag on the rest of your steps. Like, if you want to take time to do the rest, cool. But we're dropping that fourth and fifth. Like, I can do my first one, two, and three. Like, my sponsor made me do hella shit. Like, hella paperwork, hella paperwork. But that... The paperwork didn't fucking help. The fourth and fifth is what fucking helped me. So, like, I can have one conversation with the sponsee and be like, we just did your one, two, and three, period. If you know your life's unmanageable, right, just, it's easy that way. Like, if you have a God or not God, you know, he's going to fix you, period. Now, but what's your, what's your take on, um, because, you know, the, the book says, right, like, that six and seven should be done relatively soon after because, right, like, you, you reveal all these character defects and, you know, your problems, and then, like, you got to give them up. You yeah, know but what I mean? Yeah, Is yeah. that still kind of part of your fourth and fifth process? Or, yeah, or yeah. Do, do Cause you, it, cause do you take that, like, a separate a separate thing? Because, you know, you do – you finish your fourth step, then, you know, and then you go out and you do your fifth step, meet with your sponsor, and you do your fifth step. Right. And then all that shit gets brought to light, especially when you put it out in the universe yeah. and you, you, you share it with another human being and you get a, a different perspective. You know, you get two you, you get two sets of eyes on the problem and you see it from two different angles. And then um, all this shit gets brought to light. Character defects. You know what I'm saying? Um, the fears, the fear inventory was a trip, dude. I don't know if you, if you mine was that. fucking being alone. Yeah. Period. It all boils down to like one or two basic fears, like <laughs> yeah. all these other little fucking bullshit fears. Like it all kind of ties back into these the, the the one or two like fundamental fears that we run our lives by. But how is um, how is your view of um, you know the six and seven as a fourth and fifth? Like, do you take the time to separate the two? Separate them, and and, and then you you know you finish your the fifth step because already fantasy. like doing the fourth and fifth that's like fucking big. Like oh, it's if, huge. If they can make it thirty days after they did that. Dude, they're golden. Yeah. Period. But if they can make it before they do that too, they're fucking they're they're they're, they're, they're safe. You know what I mean? You know, like, they're they're safe because if, they're, if you don't if if you don't give yourself the chance to do the fourth and fifth, you, it's pointless. I've seen people miserable with multiple years of sobriety because they they don't want to do like an honest fourth and fifth. 
Yeah, once you're honest, sad. Like, like that's not, the you know. biggest thing. Being fucking honest with it, like, like when I first wrote it, like I wasn't honest, right? And then I'm like, fuck. Well, you feel it too. You're conscious. Like you, like fuck. it's. Isn't it crazy too? How like, um, when you go into at least this is my experience. When you go, when I went into my fourth and fifth, I didn't know if I was doing it right. You know what I mean? Like my sponsor gave me like the 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 homework and the the paperwork to write all this shit down with the columns and everything, right? And then I like I went through it and um I, I i didn't know if i was doing it right but then when i shared my fifth step after going through everything that i written out it was like oh no like this was meant to be because i prayed before and after every time i did my you know yeah. i did my work and sat down and put the pen to the paper and it, it was crazy i was like dude how the fuck you know what i mean how does this work but it's just like something bigger than us i feel like that that makes it happen the normal people don't have to do that you know what I, mean? I think they should they should, but they, you know, they're not going to stick a needle in their neck like us if they don't do it. Yeah, know? but they're fucking, I've seen like fucking people that are, I've seen people that fucking haven't worked the program that fucking should at least do a fucking four step. They should, yeah. I swear to God, because <laughs> fuck them motherfucking motherfuckers, right? Yeah. Like half these motherfuckers. They're nasty. Well, because they walk around, you know, like, and I was the same way too. I'm sure you're the same way. You walk around with that you know, these, these perceptions of life and these resentments of life and you walk around your day to day and you don't even know that they're ruling every, you know, action and reaction you have to any situation you have in your life. Yeah. And it isn't until you, you, you identify them and you realize where all this shit's coming from before you can work on it. And that's crazy. People, I, I think it's crazy how people can go their whole lives, um, without realizing it and still like not kill themselves or someone else. Exactly. Like, uh, yeah, my, like, in, like, with my amends, I thought that was going to be hard. But after, like, it was fucking, it was easy. Did you start with the gnarliest amends first and work your way down the list, or did you start with the easy ones to get warmed up? I just, mine were all fucking gnarly. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, like, some of them, they're more of a, a living amends, right? Because, like, yeah. it will harm somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Probably you. Probably me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, like... Yeah, just, but yeah, the men's were like the easiest. Me letting go of my character defects were probably the hardest fucking, the hardest one. Because like, I'd done that so long to like protect me, well, right? The other thing too with character defects is that like, they're defense mechanisms. Straight up. Like, it's not even, it's not even like, it's not even like they're enjoyable sometimes. They're just straight up defense mechanisms. They, so, it is hella mask, hella right, mask, hella right, mask, right? So what what did your life look like after you you know you finished your fourth and fifth, and then you started doing your amends and everything like that? After I did that, fucking amazing, right? Like, I imagine that. Imagine that, like, as of today, like my biggest, like, yeah, financially, it's not because. I don't make enough money. It's just I don't know how to fucking manage my fucking money. Right? Like, same. Like, I have a fucking amazing, I don't just got a job. I got a fucking career. I'm a, I'm an iron worker for the local 377 union Shout here in San Jose. 377. Shout out to 377, right? Thank you for accepting this dope fiend. And, uh, you know, I got an amazing girlfriend named April. You know that I love so much. Shout out, April. Even though I'm a fucking asshole and I like to bug the fuck out of her, you know, and uh, progress, but, not perfection. Yeah, like I, I bought I got a car, like <laughs> a Buick, a Buick lacrosse, all leather, <laughs> heated seats, touchscreen, you know, what I mean, and uh, but it's not all about that. Like now I can be fucking honest with myself. I can look myself in the mirror and I can say I fucking love me. I can go home tonight and not. Be scared to sleep in my fucking bed alone, right? Like, that's the biggest fucking thing is, like, I'm okay with me, and I don't give a fuck what somebody thinks, right? Like, I might have, like, oh, why the motherfucker think I'm like that? But really, on the other hand, like, back in the old days, if somebody fucking looked at me sideways, oh, man, it would be bad, you know what I mean? And uh, today, like, I, I just try to be the best fucking ex-dope fiend I can be, right? Like, 
I'm not a dirtbag no more. I like that. I'm just trying to be the, the best ex-dope fiend I can be. You know, and uh, yeah, like it's crazy from like a person that used to stick big ass knives in their ass in prison to like this person that like I'm fucking, I'm really like I know what my true identity is today. Like I want to be a fucking honest man and a great father, you know, and uh, I might not always fucking have the fucking best things to say, you know, because I sometimes the speed bump between my mouth and my brain like like disappears. So I just say something that I shouldn't, but uh it's like all oh, it's meant to be the best and I keep playing with the charger. Knock this shit over. Yeah, you, if you notice throughout the episode too, you'll hear like a little like knocking and shit, juice vape juice wiggling. You've been fucking with the charger the whole episode. Whole fucking whole episode. episode. And um, uh but yeah like today Life is awesome. I got sponsees. I have service commitments that are finally being up. <coughs> you know, and uh, like <clears throat> I got a, w- the company I'm with, they give me this fucking key to all these fucking game boxes with like hella fucking tools. Like if they knew who the fuck I really fucking was, they would not have gave me a key to fucking millions of dollars worth million of dollars of equipment. You know what I mean? And like, that today is fucking awesome. Like, like I, my, my youngest daughter, by the grace of God, will never see me fucking loaded. You know, I pray to my God that I call Jesus Christ every night in the morning and sometimes in between, especially when I'm on this, in this fucking traffic and I got people fucking driving crazy. Like I'm pray to him, like, fuck father God, traffic. please don't let me step on this gas and rear end this motherfucker. You know what I mean? And, uh, like, sometimes I do flip people off and say, you son of a bitch, you know, but then afterwards, I tell him I'm sorry, but not out loud where he can hear me, you know? <laughs> You're not there yet. Not there yet. But uh, I <laughs> I do tell God, like, fuck, just keep me cool for a little bit, you know? But, like, you know how it is living in San Jose. It takes me fucking three hours, two, two hours to go 19 miles after work. Like, that's crazy. And uh, after a long 12-hour shift. But, uh, yeah, today life is amazing. Like, I have no fucking regrets. Dude, it's just a, it's just a you know, you're a living testament of, you know. Miracle. Yeah, something like that, dude. <laughs> if I can stay clean and Literally, sober. Literally, no, no, no. You don't, I don't think the listeners understand, dude. If Booster... Booster Eric from Bo- Faux Block. Eric Booster Nelson from Faux Block can stay sober. The sickest of the most of all of them. Can do it. Boy. Anyone can do Put it. Put in the yeah. fucking footwork. Yeah. Straight up. You're done dude, it's, I, I tell everyone, it's not that fucking bad. It's not like, hard. Dude, it's not bad. Like, it really, the work you have to put in to get sober is not that <laughs> terrible. Like, you know, like, what's the worst that could happen? You know what I mean? Like, oh, you shit. You will refund oh, your shit. misery back. Yeah. Well, up. you know, like, I don't know, dude. Like, I... I'll tell you, I was in so much more pain that last week of using than I ever was doing no fucking four-step, you know? And I've had, like, you think you're not going to have fun? Like, I've been to dances, bowling events. Like, I do so much shit sober than I did when I was using, like, and it's fucking awesome. You're either sitting in a hotel room shooting black or sitting in the hotel room bathroom smoking everyone else's meth. Yeah. (laughs) There it is. So, okay, so we'll we'll wrap this episode up. You know, if there's one thing you want to say to the, uh, um, (laughs) real quick beatbox, um, is there anything you'd like to say to the person who's still suffering? You know, uh, who may be listening, who maybe has some time and suffering, or someone who's new. Fuck suffering. Just know you're not out there alone. Straight up. And if you ever need somebody to call. My number is 408-705-8750, and I'm always willing to answer the phone. There it is. You know, um, thank you, Eric. Dude, I fucking appreciate it, dude. It's a it's a long time coming, dude. 18 months ago, we were fucking shooting dope in some grimy-ass little hotel room. Who has 18 months? We both have 18 no. months. No. Oh, sorry. Eric's got 19 months. 19 um, months, tomorrow, motherfucker. Tomorrow, I'll have 19 months. I only have 18. But, <laughs> no, shit, it. actually, today, it's already midnight. Not yet. Oh, no, no fronts, motherfucker. That's right. In, in I know we fronted you on the street, but you ain't getting one in eight. 
or NA or podcast are sick of the most. That's right. So in 14 minutes, we'll both have 19 months. But yeah, you know, yeah, what I, mean? I have like, let's see, I want to count them. All right, he's gonna he's gonna be a, a fucking prick about this and pull up the app. App pending. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram, Sicker the Most Podcast, no caps, no spaces. Join the Facebook group, Sicker the Most. It's a public group. Join that shit. It's awesome. We want to hear you guys' feedback. If you guys have um, topics you want to hear about, um, you know, if you have guests that you want to see on the show, you know, hit us up yeah. on there. And, um, you know, if you have a story, an incredible story that you want to share on the podcast, please feel free. Hit us up on there. Um, we'd love to have you on the show. Um, you know, I like to end every episode with this, you know, no matter, no matter where you came from, no matter what you've done, you are lovable and you are forgivable. So keep that in mind. Keep your head up. Keep it moving. Peace. Peace.